You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome to this week's version of Healthcare Insight. You're on America's Web Radio, and I am Ron Bachman. And for the um, regular listeners of this program, you know that we're not talking about healthcare anymore because we've got so many social issues to address before we can even talk about free market healthcare. And what I have been doing in the last number of months is taking clips from YouTube presentations that I think need to be highlighted to this audience and to present the discussions with me asking questions, getting their answers back, and then making some commentary. Well, this week, there's so many issues to address around what's going on in this economy. I want to call it the exposure of the Biden lies, the administration's lies about what's going on. And so I want to take clips from a number of YouTube presentations that talk about some of the major issues going on in this country and how they are not being represented in an honest and upfront, transparent way by this administration. I guess they can believe that their lies and their distortions can be covered up by a compliant media that does not point this out to the American public that ignores these major issues that are affecting all of our pocketbooks, the security of this country, both the southern border and what's happened in Afghanistan, and other issues around the world that are affecting us every single day by the incompetence of the Biden administration. So I want to start with a presentation on inflation. As most of you listening to this program know or are keeping up with current events, that the Biden administration, their economic gurus, say don't worry about the inflation that's going on. It's just a passing thing, and we'll get back to it. You also may know that the Federal Reserve Board says that, well, it's okay if inflation is above our target level of 2% because it's going to drop down below that. But you and I both know the logic of inflation. We've lived through it if you're old enough. And there's a simple economics model that I learned in college, Economics 101. If you have a lot of money chasing after the same number of goods, the prices of those goods will go up because everybody's got more money to spend. You'll outbid each other and the prices will go up. Alternatively, if you have fewer goods from whatever the distribution um, uh, issues are that the goods can't get to market, whether it's overseas problems with COVID that the workers aren't able to put together or in our own country where COVID has shut down manufacturing or if they're producing products and the truckers aren't available to get it out the market. You have fewer goods and you have the same amount of money. The price of those goods are going to be bid up. Well, guess what? We have the perfect storm in this country today. We have fewer goods from all the distribution system breakdowns that we have in this COVID period of time from workers to truckers to overseas and and manufacturing in this country. We have fewer goods available. And we've got the federal government pumping up the supply of money. So we have both extremes of what causes inflation from economics 101 in my day from 50 years ago. So why is it any surprise that inflation is going up dramatically? So I'd like to cut in a clip here from Senator Roger Marshall, a Republican from Kansas, talking about his experience 
when he went home and talked to Kansans about the lie that inflation is something that we just should ignore. Just don't don't think about it. Don't look at it. Don't pay attention to it. And the media just ignores it. But you and I know when we go out to buy goods and services, we go out to buy products, when our retirees are trying to find uh, the food to put on their table, when we're driving around and trying to get uh, our tanks filled with gasoline, how much more that's costing. So don't give me this idea that the Biden policies are not going to create a tax on anyone working less than $400,000. Any economist will tell you that inflation is a very regressive tax that the poorest of poor among us, the neediest among us, are going to have to suffer. Because people with a lot of wealth, they can pay an extra dollar a gallon. But people who rely on working from paycheck to paycheck, that dollar a gallon for a 20-gallon car costs an extra $20 when they go to fill up. That's hurting them more than the person who's able to afford that extra dollar. So let's hear from uh, Representative Roger Marshall on inflation. This past week, we held 12 town halls back home in my home state of Kansas. We heard from Kansans about a variety of issues, but thanks to this administration's economic policies, runaway inflation has replaced COVID at the top of the mountain of concerns for the people from my state. Now, make no mistake about it, the inflation-harming checking accounts of Kansans and all Americans rest squarely on the shoulders of the socialist economic policies coming out of the White House, otherwise known as Bidenomics. As we all know, yesterday the Department of Labor reported consumer prices climbed for the third straight month, jumping over 5% in June, the largest increase in 13 years. Gas prices are up, groceries are up, cars and truck prices are up, home prices are up, paper products are up, utilities are up, and I could go on and on. Every day we see the Bidenomics of inflation impacting hardworking Americans. In fact, inflation is a great social injustice. Inflation is really a regressive tax. It hurts everyone, but none more than our seniors and young, hardworking families living paycheck to paycheck. So what exactly is Bidenomics? Let's look at what they did to create this crisis. Stating the obvious, they're printing money, borrowing money we don't have, and implementing quantitative easing like there's no tomorrow, like there's no generations of America for our future. Look no further than the cost of utilities. The administration's made it hard to use affordable, clean, traditional energy, and they leveled more and more regulations on the industry. Manufactured products, ditto. Bidenomics is is paying people more to stay at home than go to work creating labor shortages and government-created bottlenecks at manufacturing plants. And then to top things off, we don't even have enough truck drivers to transport goods to market. As for gasoline, I bring your attention, which is up 31% since January, and according to AAA, it's expected to rise another 20 cents this summer. Let's think about what the administration's done. They shut down the Keystone XL, They stopped drilling on government lands and imposed harmful rules and regulations to slow down drilling and make it more expensive. We're now importing more oil from Russia than Alaska. As a physician in rural Kansas, I had the privilege of delivering a baby most every day. And one thing I always noticed, when that price of gasoline got above $3 a gallon, all of a sudden those moms were missing their appointments. Today we're at that number 
and we are expecting it to go even higher, unfortunately. Now, Kansas aren't the only ones feeling the squeeze at the pump. Many popular items were all regularly purchased at the grocery store have increased in recent months. The cost of a typical all-American Kansas breakfast, two eggs, bacon, hash browns, toast, and orange juice, is up almost 10%. Pre-COVID, we had the greatest economy in my lifetime, and that came about because we lowered people's taxes, we lowered regulations, and we lowered energy prices. Now, out-of-control spending and socialist policies dictated by the White House are leading to rampant inflation that shows no signs of stopping. Thank you, um, Senator Marshall, uh, Republican from Kansas. Uh, you've outlined the inflation issues on real people's needs and pocketbooks very effectively. I want to turn now in this program and talk to a very famous economist, uh, Mr. Art Laffer, a PhD, who was so instrumental during the Ronald Reagan years, and he was very young at that time, but they even had something called the Laffer Curve that outlined how economies really work and it was because of Art Laffer's work in the Reagan administration that we began a boom by changing the tax code, by changing regulations. And so I'd like to hear from him because they had to take over from the Carter years and the Carter years of malaise. And so what's your feeling, um, Professor Laffer, on the parallels that may exist between what's happening under the Biden administration economic policy and the Carter administration that you were so close to, uh, stopping all of those and reversing all those policies. Uh, I did talk about Jimmy Biden or or uh, Joe Carter. I don't know which it would be, <laughs> but it does smell and sound very much the same. Uh, it has a lot of it. Now, just make sure, you know, it's not day by day, hour by hour, week by week. Things will move up and down. For example, that jobs report that was so bad, I'm sure it's going to reverse itself somewhat. And likewise, the inflation number that was so bad will reverse. But there is an underlying problem here, and it is a malaise that's coming back to America, as Jimmy Carter said. And it's all because of the policies that are being proffered by the administration and by Congress. And it, it, it will have the same deleterious effects on the U.S. as it did back then. Higher taxes, they're no good. Energy, trying to reduce energy. Do you remember what Jimmy Carter had there? Remember the gasoline lines, all that, because they sold gas below cost? Mm -hmm. And then they had the excess profits tax on energy companies. They had the wellhead price controls. All of that destroyed the energy sector. This guy's shutting down pipelines. He's doing all he can to destroy uh, carbon-based energy. And if you look at the taxes, Jimmy Carter tried to do the higher taxes as well. It's very similar, and it will have the same effect. And by the way, the politics will be the same, too. We'll get Ronald Reagan in a couple of years again. Well, Professor, it will be interesting to see what the consequence is of these crazy Biden policies. Like, Carter, we got Reagan. What's going to happen um, after um, after Biden? I mean, some would argue that after the craziness of the Obama administration, that's what spawned uh, Trump. So what's going to happen Who's going to step up and be the Ronald Reagan on this next wave as we kind of go back and forth between extreme um, liberalism, progressivism, socialism, whatever you want to call it, and then back again uh, to freedom and free markets. So I guess we'll see what happens there. But I want to ask you about the language of this administration as well. How does that worry you or does it worry you? Because so many people think there's been a lot of lying going on and distortions. 
I don't think words matter. I think deeds matter. And what Ronald Reagan did when he took office, firing the air traffic controllers, uh, threatening Iran. I mean, Iran returned the hostages. Now we want to go back and do a deal with Iran. Hello. And then also what you saw there in the tax cuts and all the other stuff that he did. I mean, the deregulation of energy. This guy's regulating energy. He's doing everything in the wrong direction. And it won't work now, and it didn't work then. And, uh, you know, the people are going to have to, unfortunately, suffer a lot in the interim because of these bad policies. But our new era came in in 1978 with the capital gains tax rate reduction called Steiger Hansen. That was the beginning in 1978. And then you got the Reagan tax cuts, the deregulation, and the boom. Oh, my heart beats loudly. Well, thank you, Professor Laffer, for some great insights on Real Economics 101 and how you're not only talking it from an academic viewpoint, but you've lived it and you've put it into practice. And that's what created the boom that's lasted for so long after that um, Reagan revolution that went on and lasted for many, many years until we had that great recession in 2008, which was, again, a problem of the government um, forcing people to give and get loans that really could never pay them back. So we had the housing crisis. So let's take a quick break and let's come back and talk about more of the Biden distortions and the Biden lies from real experts that deserve to be heard more than what their original presentations were, whether it was on TV or YouTube. Uh, This channel, Americans Web Radio, uh, can help spread those good words and thoughts for everybody out there to realize what's really going on. We'll be right back. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Hello, my name is Rick White, and I'm the director of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. I want to encourage all Georgia veterans to consider being nominated to the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. And if you are a Georgia veteran, then the definition of a Georgia veteran is either you were born in the state of Georgia, or you've lived here 10 years, or you were raised to right hand and joined the military in this state, you are considered a Georgia veteran. For further information, go to www.gmbhof.org, or you can contact me at 678-427-0915. We'd love to have your nomination for the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. Thank you so much. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to America's Web Radio. Today we're talking about many of the Biden lies and the economic impacts that's having on ordinary people in terms of inflation, in terms of what their economic advisors are doing to kind of mess up an economy that was really starting to go before the COVID problems that we had and was reinvigorating uh, just before uh, the impact of the many changes that the Biden administration has put in that seem to be so disastrous for a recovery. And the plans that they have that are going to destroy uh, the developing recovery that many thought that we were going to have. 
So today in this section, I want to do something very special. Rather than hearing and uh, comments from one individual, there was an exchange in Congress between Representative Jim Jordan and an economist that has been around for a long time, has seen a lot of things, and his name is Douglas Holtz Eakin. He was an economic advisor to George Bush, George W. Bush, and was actually the economic advisor for the John uh, McCain uh, presidential run. But he is well-known in Washington, D.C. He's a well-respected professor of economics out of Princeton. And I want to play for you the exchange in Congress that probably very few people actually saw because it was on C-SPAN and there weren't many people in the audience. And I don't know that there was ever any reported uh, media coverage on this exchange, but it is so enlightening that I wanted our audience to hear this exchange. So here it is, the exchange for a few minutes that's so important for you to listen to, the critique of the Biden administration's economic plan and these upcoming votes that are likely to occur on some of these massive spending uh, proposals that the administration and the Democratic Congress are proposing. So again, this is Jim Jordan and Professor Holtz Egan. Take it away. Mr. Holtz Egan, is the Democrats' economic plan working? I think, as I said in my, my opening remarks, that the things that were done in 2020 were very effective on a bipartisan basis, and the things that have been done this year are not. All right. The bipartisan CARES, package, PP, uh, CARES package PPP program worked, but in the la- last nine months, we went from rising wages to less purchasing power. Is that accurate? Uh, yes, inflation has exceeded wage growth. Stable prices to not just inflation. any old inflation, 40-year high in inflation, right? Uh, first half of this year, um, the 50% of the CPI basket that is food, energy, and shelter went up 10% annual rate. Yeah. Energy independence, too. And we had the spectacle now of the President of the United States. Nine months ago, we were energy independent. And now we have the President of the United States begging OPEC to increase production. I don't think that's an economic plan that's working. In fact, I think it's dismal failure. He's not in his head. Let the record show. The witness is not in his head. Have you ever seen a dumber plan than the Democrats? I mean, lock down your economy, spend like crazy, pay people not to work, and oh, for the people who are working, we're getting ready to raise your taxes. Could there be a dumber plan? As I said, we actually took the the proposal seriously and ran it through something that looks just like what the Joint Committee would would use for analysis, and it's a net negative for the U.S. economy. Net negative, yeah. And the American people are feeling it now. I mean, everywhere I talk. uh, Let me ask you this. When you pay people not to work, should you be surprised when you can't find workers? No one should should be surprised about what's going on. Uh, now that the benefits expired, it'll be a very different story, and we'll see it first in the October jobs report um, that gives us the September numbers. But, you know, we know from decades of research that if you raise the replacement rate, the fraction of your wages that gets replaced by by UI, spells of unemployment are longer, and in the aggregate, unemployment is higher. That, well established. These, this is over 100% replacement for 37% of American workers. I mean, it's... No one would propose that in normal times, and, and to put it in place as the economy opened up just made no sense. You know, any, I mean, I don't know of any employer, there's probably a few, but everyone I talked to across the 4th District of Ohio, across our great state, across the country, I was in, I was in Wisconsin over the weekend, uh, and, and Minnesota over the weekend, um, no one can find, I, I was, we were driving through Minneapolis on the way to the hotel because we stayed there the night before to, to fly out of Minneapolis on Monday morning, and I saw at a, at a, uh, a Mexican restaurant, taco stand, on the window, $15 an hour. I mean, as big and bold as you could yeah. see. 
No one it, can find people to work. It is everywhere. I have yeah. three openings I'd like to fill, and I'm going to raid your staff. Yeah, I hope you don't, but, but I, understand, <laughs> I understand the sentiment. I understand. When you tell people they can't be evicted, should you be surprised when they quit paying rent? No. No, I mean, it's like it doesn't take a genius to figure out this is literally the dumbest economic plan I've ever seen. Now, when they worked in a bipartisan fashion at the start of this this virus, uh, when it hit us and we didn't know exactly what was there, we did some things that everyone I've talked to, the same employers that tell me now they can't find workers are the same ones who said, thank you for the PPP program. Yeah. Thank you for what you did initially when we did when we had so much uncertainty around what was going to happen. But now it absolutely makes no sense where we're going. I think the PPP program is the single best fiscal response we've ever seen. The SBA got $32 billion out the door in 2019. They got $500 billion out in a month. Yeah. And it was an extraordinary lifeline to people and to small, and the, and the small business infrastructure of this economy. Yeah. Now, let me, last question. I'll let, you, I'll let you take whatever time you want on this last one. Um, they're getting ready to try to raise everyone's taxes. I mean, tell me your thoughts on that. Because, I, again, I think when you lock down your economy, when you spend like crazy, when we have the highest inflation in, in 40 years, when you pay people not to work, when you tell them they can't be evicted, uh, you shouldn't be surprised when they quit paying rent. When all that happens, and then you say to the people who have been working, who have been paying their rent, oh, by the way, we're going to raise your taxes, I don't see how that's going to help our economy either. I, I as I said, we, we ran this through some, some serious scrubbing because I would talk to uh, my, my colleagues across the aisle in the economics profession and say, can we both agree that this proposed 3.3 was on the campaign tax increase is a bad idea? And they'd say, yeah, but the spending is going to be so good you don't have to worry about it. And, I, and so uh, I think it's not only is the overall level troubling, the way it's being done is even more troubling. Yep, they in the their- years leading up to the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, we lost 100 major headquarters. And in the years since, zero. Right. And we're going to go right back to the third highest corporate tax rate in the OECD and a, a very high global uh, worldwide tax. That's exactly the recipe that got us in trouble to begin with. And so we're, the way the taxes are being raised is as troubling to me as the, the aggregate numbers. Wow, what a great exchange that completely identifies the problems and the stupidity of the Biden economic plan and how it's going to hurt the economy, hurt the people at the bottom the most. There's no compassion in trying to provide cradle-to-grave governmental programs that keep people from being their productive selves, from robbing them of the ability to show their family that they can be productive, that they can provide for their family, that they can be a role model for their children on how to work and be productive and to support the family needs that they have, support their community, support their church, support the whole government infrastructure that we have, much of which is completely unnecessary, but at least we've got to do certain things like military and roads and such. And the real issue here seems to be that not only is it the level of taxation that's the problem, it's what they're going to do with the money that they raise. It's going to be a wasteful spending They think it's going to be great, but it's going to wind up being wasteful spending. You know, I don't know how many people remember that back around 2010, then Vice President Biden went on the road talking about the summer of recovery, which never happened. You just can't believe what now President Biden says. He's lied about so many things, whether it's Afghan or the border or inflation or taxes, that nobody's going to get taxed under $400,000. We're already seeing the the uh, taxation of inflation and the increase in costs that regular people have to buy and suffer 
to try to figure out how to pay and keep their family going from paycheck to paycheck, especially when they're being sucked into the opium of government support that gives them money for not working. So I think this exchange was so important. I wanted to put it on for our audience uh, here at uh, America's Web Radio to listen to, to hear it again, because I'm not sure how many people uh, actually listen to C-SPAN that may have been the only place that carried this. I didn't see anything in the media about this exchange. I didn't see any snippets on Fox News. And I think this really encapsulates the stupidity of the Biden economic plan. So to the extent we reach a few more people here and they can pass along uh, the program here at America's Web Radio, I think we do a real service to the country of trying to bring forth some of these um, interchanges that go on that really highlight the problems of the current Biden administration. So now we have a clear record of the lies about the economy. I want to turn to another big lie that's presented in a press conference by Senator John Barrasso, Republican from Wyoming. He lays out what he calls the big lie on Afghanistan. So let's listen to that clip and we'll be back to wrap up this section in just a few minutes after we hear this. President Biden, on the day that the last U.S. soldiers were evacuated from Afghanistan, called it an extraordinary success. To me, that is the lie of the 21st century. It's untrue. It's dishonest. And if President Biden believes it, he is delusional. Never again will we be able to say that America never leaves Americans behind because Joe Biden did just that. And today in the Foreign Relations Committee, Secretary of State Blinken said there are still over 100 Americans trapped behind enemy lines in Afghanistan. The United States is less safe now than we were over the last 20 years, and Afghanistan is now a haven for terrorists. Our enemies are emboldened. Our friends are furious. And President Biden wants to wash his hands of this entire thing and get it behind him in spite of how many people have been left behind to be captured, tortured, and killed. President Biden has blood on his hands. And no matter how hard he tries, he cannot remove the stain of this from his hands or from his reputation. For the last 20 years, we've had soldiers serving and suffering and sacrificing. And today, the Taliban has a better set of weapons. They're the best militarily equipped terrorist group in the history of the world. Where do the weapons come from? Well, there are tanks and our MRAPs and our helicopters and our planes and 600 American guns, 600,000 American guns. On just about everything that President Biden said, he's been wrong. He said very little chance and likelihood that the Taliban would take over Afghanistan. He said you'd never see a situation again like we saw in Vietnam with helicopters on the roof of an agency of the embassy, but that's exactly what we did see. Senator, you hit the nail on the head, just like we saw the big lies about the economy earlier in this segment. Uh, you have clearly outlined the big lies that this administration has tried to uh, pull over on the American public 
the media doesn't cover it properly on the ex- exit, the unconditional surrender in Afghanistan. They try to hide and protect the uh, president. But I think the lies are becoming so common now that even the media is going to have a hard time continuing this cover-up. Well, let's continue the lies, the distortions of this administration in the next segment. So hang with me. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. Hello, Atlanta. Have you heard? Get your motor running, whether you're born to be wild or not, because on October the 2nd from 10 till 2 at Roswell City Hall, we're hosting a car show unlike anything Roswell has seen, benefiting St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and free to the public. Guests will enjoy an array of exquisite, rarely seen cars, boats, bikes, plus vendors with both automotive and art themes, along with local brewery from the earth hosting a beer garden, offering a lunch menu, coffee barista, snow cones, photo booth, and face painting. Fun for all the family. Register your motor anytime up to the day of the event at atlmotoringfest.org. And for more information, call us, 770-645-6844. We look forward to seeing you Saturday, October the 2nd, in the perfect isolated space around Roswell City Hall. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to America's Web Radio. Today we are talking about the Biden administration lies, distortions, deflections that they're trying to waste upon the American people. And they think we're stupid, I guess, because we see what's happening. We hear what's happening. Not everybody is paying close attention as some of us who are political junkies, but the message is out there on what reality is. And then you watch people who are just telling bold-faced lies. Now, you know, one of the guys who I think is the biggest liar in the administration is our Homeland Security uh, Chief, Mayokas. I want to play a short clip from him and then make some commentary about what he is saying and have others, representatives in Congress, comment on Mayorkas' statements because they're so obviously false and misleading about people who are coming in from the southern border and whether they have uh, been tested for COVID, whether they have COVID, whether we know anything about the health status of these people coming from Central and South America that bring with them all sorts of illnesses and diseases and health care problems that they come to this country, I guess, to get that fixed for free. So here's our Homeland Security Chief, I think one of the biggest liars in our entire new administration is Biden administration. He'll say and do anything to avoid taking any real responsibility or to deal with the issues at the border. That population of individuals, I do not know whether anyone was sick with COVID. We certainly had some individuals get sick, uh, not specifically uh, with COVID to my knowledge, and we addressed their illnesses. Notice that he said he 
doesn't know. It's not the it, it's he doesn't have the knowledge as to whether anybody's really sick with COVID, but people who got sick from non-COVID things got treated. Well, the reason he doesn't know about anybody with COVID because nobody's tested. They just let people in the country. They put them on buses, sent them around the rest of the country. They sent them to Florida in particular that you'll hear about in a few minutes. Why? Because I guess then Florida can have an increase in uh, COVID cases that the administration then can blame on uh, Governor DeSantis because they know he's likely to be the Republican candidate in 2024 or at least a prominent figure that's going to have a big impact over the next several years. So they want to try to destroy him, put more people into Florida that they might be able to ultimately get to vote in favor of Biden for having let them in the country. But, you know, if you come in from another country outside of the United States, you fly into New York or Los Angeles or Atlanta from overseas, you have to show that you've been tested negative or that you've got a COVID test uh, vaccine. So I want to ask a representative, uh, Carlos Jimenez, how in the world can this stand? How can we do this? How, how's it, how do we let this go on the way it is? How do we just let this stand, Representative? It can. It shouldn't. Uh, so, look, if the Biden administration is supposed to follow the science, I mean, they're not allowing even Canadians uh, that are vaccinated to come in the United States yet. They don't even they don't even test uh, people coming through the southern border. They don't know if they have COVID or not. Then they get released into the United States. You know, we have some numbers that I think they deported something like 1,100 um, Haitians back to Haiti. But we know there are at least 15,000 that were under that bridge. And so that's about a 90 percent have been released into the United States without any testing, without any anything. And yes, a lot of them do come to Florida. Uh, the, the area that I represent, Miami-Dade, you know, we have a very, very large Haitian-American uh, population. So I would expect a lot of them have uh, family or friends that are living in my area of town, and that's where they're going to go. So stacking up lie after lie as we're doing this week, we know that they lie about the Haitians being deported, that they're sending them across the country, and we know that they're not doing any testing for covid or other health issues or just sending them off with uh, free bus tickets without having to be tested at all, uh, spreading it around the country. But we have another issue. They're supposedly being given some piece of paper or document that tells them to show up in court. But we know that that is a lie as well. And past uh, Homeland Security, Tom Homan has a discussion on this. So let me turn it over to Tom. What's going on with this notice that they're supposed to be getting? And has it got any real teeth in it to keep an identification of who these people are and where they are and whether or not they're really um, uh, legally allowed or would be given uh, asylum treatment? What's going on here with this notice that the Biden administration is uh, being very deceptive with? Let me read you exactly what the notice report says. Subjects are currently not in removal proceedings. Ice, were re- ice space was requested and denied. Subjects processed and released. That's what the NTR says. He stood on the, st- stood on the stage yesterday and lied to the American people. He's an embarrassment to the position he holds. The president, he needs to go. I've never seen a president attack the men and women who served this country so honorably. Well, let me go back to a representative from Florida, Uh, Carlos Jimenez, 
Um, we now just heard from the previous um, Homeland Security, Tom Holman, that they're lying about the deportation documents that are being given. We know that they lied about, and the president even reiterated a lie that he knew was a lie about whipping uh, the Haitian immigrants that are trying to come across when the reins are being used to direct the horses to try to prevent people from coming in the United States illegally. The officers were doing the job that they're supposed to be doing, that they've been doing for years and years, trying to follow the laws of the United States, following the directive that they have. So the president continues to lie. The media continues to cover up for him, although it seems like maybe they're starting to catch on that this is such a untrustworthy administration and that the media is being used. But same time, I'm concerned that the media likes being used. So what about all these lies that are going on? What would you say to the president about all these lies that are so obvious to anybody who listens to five minutes of any real news to find out what's going on? Stop lying to the American people. It's uh, it's uh, every, everything that ever comes out. Look, I kept saying from the beginning, do not listen to what the Biden administration or the president says. Actually, watch what they do. They tell you they're deporting people, but they're really not. They're deporting 10% of the people. 90% of the people are entering into the United States. You know, I you know, I, I know what I saw. You know, with uh, with those agents on horseback, uh, if they did something wrong, you know, you know, okay, fine. But uh, they they need to be uh, they need to be disciplined. But I didn't see anything there that uh, I didn't see anybody whipping anybody. Uh, and so it needs to be investigated, see what happened, and then you know whatever the outcome of that is, it'll be handled through disciplinary process. But again, again, do not listen to what the president says. Actually, watch what watch what the president and all of his secretaries do, because it's usually the opposite of what they're telling you they're doing. Well, let's continue this segment by talking about more lies about the border that this administration says, well, there's no other plan. There's nothing we can do. We don't know what to do. Republicans are just complaining that, um, you know, we got this problem, but they don't offer any solutions. Well, let's listen to a presentation, again, made in Congress that probably didn't get much coverage, many people viewing, that I want to bring to this audience and to this program. It's from Representative Gregory Murphy of North Carolina, and he talks about the border crisis and exactly what the Republicans have done and what could be done today if the Biden administration had any concern about upholding our own secure borders and our constitution and his constitutional obligation to protect the American citizens. Last week in her attempt to deflect the Biden administration's complete and utter devastation at our southern border, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said, quote, there are a lot of Republicans out there giving speeches about how outraged they are about the situation at the border. Not many are putting forward solutions or steps we could take. Well, she got one thing right. We're outraged. We're outraged because every single day we hear from constituents who are dismayed, angry about this administration's complete lack of concern for the safety and well-being of our nation at the southern border. They resent the fact that on his first day in office, the unity president gave up on border security and hung a welcome sign in our border communities. Biden sent a very clear message to the world that our rule of law would not be enforced under his administration. Jen Psaki now has the audacity to complain about Republicans highlighting a crisis that they themselves created and claims she hasn't heard solutions 
Jen, if you haven't heard solutions, circle back and listen. To start, the biggest thing the Biden administration needed to do to protect our country was nothing at all. The former administration had laid out a clear and effective border security measure. They safeguarded our communities, protected public health, and incentivized legal pathways to citizenship. And yet Biden has systematically unraveled all of the former administration's effective policies in the name of lawlessness just to score political points with the radical and progressive left. I cannot fathom how anyone in a position of authority, Jen Psaki, President Biden, Harris, Secretary Mayorkas, would spend more time ignoring our laws than correcting the crisis that they created. So Biden administration, now that we've gotten your attention, please listen how you fix this crisis. Number one, enforce the laws that are written. Don't undermine our national security with political pandering. Two, complete border construction. Right now there are millions of dollars worth of building material rusting in the desert because Biden put a halt to the Congress-approved and paid-for border construction. This is a disastrous waste of taxpayer dollars and a tragedy for our border security. Number three, reinstate the remain in Mexico policy so that those seeking asylum can be processed orderly without putting our borders at risk. We had the buy-in and cooperation of all the Central American countries. Biden threw that cooperation out the window. Number four, require a negative COVID test before entry into the southern United States to actually protect public health. The Biden administration's current COVID policy is hypocrisy. Number five, quit encouraging people to make the disastrous trek to America. Just last week, we thought thousands of Haitians and their families make the treacherous check, treacherous journey to our border, many suffering from heat-related diseases. Then Mayorkas finally admitted that over 10,000 Haitians were brought into this country without being vetted. Number six, promising amnesty, tax remittance, health care, and sanctuary cities to our legal. Stop it. Again, these liberal policies are enticing people to break our laws. So next time, before Jen Psaki or anyone in the Biden administration criticizes House Republicans for talking openly about how to combat a national security crisis of their own making, I suggest she circle back and revisit all that we have said in the, pre- in the preceding months. I don't envy Jen Psaki's job of having defend the destruction of this country. Well, I hope these truths are resonating with our audience and you can share this with your friends and family because otherwise this administration is telling us lie after lie after lie. I want to come back and expose more of the lies in our final session this week. So we will be right back after this commercial message. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. 
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to America's Web Radio. This is Ron Bachman, and you're listening to Healthcare Insight. But this week, as in previous weeks, we're not talking about healthcare except the health of the country. And, in fact, the illness of this country with the continuous lies of the Biden administration and his minions in the press. So this last segment... I want to continue with the discussion of presenting various government officials, Republicans for the most part, that are out and out critical of this administration and pointing out the lies that you won't hear in the normal media. So I want our audience out there to hear these clips that you won't hear on the nightly news. And one of the more colorful senators is Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana. He is a very colorful character, he uses colorful language, and I, I want him to talk about his view of this administration and the continuous lies that we seem to hear coming out daily. It's just unbelievable what they think the American public is willing to accept with the media overlooking the lies or sometimes excusing the lies. So, Senator Kennedy, give us your thoughts on this administration. I can't think of a single presidential administration that has broken more plates in its first nine months than the Biden administration. I mean, think about it. Uh, You were talking about it earlier. Afghanistan, uh, inflation, uh, crime, critical race theory, gas prices, uh, the destruction of, uh, of America's energy independence. And, and yet, uh, of all of the president's screw-ups, there's not a single one greater than the crisis at the border. And it is a crisis. This year, over two million people will come into this country illegally, and we don't have the slightest idea who they are. Now, I think it's worth asking why. And to me, there are only one or two possible explanations. The first is incompetence. Um, It may be that the president has put in charge of his immigration policy um, a bunch of pink-haired wokers who don't know their their ass from their elbow. Um, I use ass in the King James... Bible sense. Um, It may be that the president's put in charge of his immigration policy people who shouldn't be allowed to think for themselves because it's too dangerous. Um, 
It may be that the president is put in charge of his immigration policy. Uh, people who are um, are bilingual, they speak English, speak English and stupid. Now, the second po- the second po- possibility is that this is all intentional. Um, that the president believes in an open border policy. And um, you have to watch what people do, not what they say. And that he doesn't want to say it to the American people. Well, Senator Kennedy, do you think the issue is that they just think they're going to give free citizenship, basically, ultimately, to these uh, illegal immigrants at this point, the illegal aliens, and that they're doing it because they see the political benefits down the road of having an open border that they don't want to say is an open border? Um, what do you think that ultimate motivation is? We, we just don't know. But we do know one thing. There's a solution. And it's very simple. All the president has to do is go back to what we were doing in December, the month before he took office. I'm talking about the Remain in Mexico program, the safe third country agreements, the border wall and deportation. It'll work. It worked then. It'll work now. All he's got to do is go back and do it. Thank you, Senator. Let's turn our attention now to another expert on the southern border. Former governor of Texas, Perry. Now, I want to ask Perry, bring him into the program here from a discussion he had on Fox News recently about his thoughts on what's going on on the southern border and how the Biden administration continues to lie about it and the media just doesn't pick up on it again to show show what's actually happening and the disaster on that southern border. So, Governor Perry, give us your thoughts on what you see and what you know is the reality of what's happening down on that border. This is a devastating wave that's hitting our southern border. This administration is lying about it. And I think it's really important uh, that, that you and, and uh, your network, uh, others, tell the truth and hold Joe Biden accountable, hold Mayorkas accountable. I mean, they're literally looking in the face of the American people and lying to them about what's going on on that southern border. Maybe what we ought to do is just hire every bus that we can, we can hire in the state of Texas hire uh, every um, charter aircraft, bring the National Guard C-130s to the border and load these individuals up and take them to Maryland and leave them there. Well, Governor, that's a great idea. But as you and I both know, once they're here in this country, it's the federal government's responsibility to ultimately deport them. And they won't do that. So they come to the country and they'll just stay here and get free health care free education, free housing, free food, all those things that are going to be expanded in this new Build Back America bill that uh, is Democrats are trying to foist on this country. And hopefully it's not successful. But what's your thoughts about that bill and its impact on immigration? Well, but the all of this big infrastructure bill is not going to cost anything. I mean, I heard that president look into the camera and say, this is going to cost zero. And that's lying to the American people. I mean, he's playing Americans for chumps. Uh, and, and people who voted for him, they need to really 
take a deep breath, think about what this individual is doing to this country. Uh, it is staggering what's happening uh, along that border. Uh, the you know th- those have historically been Democrat voters in those counties along the Rio Grande. I'll tell you one thing: uh, they're rethinking that today, and they're looking at. Uh, Joe Biden and going, this is potentially the biggest mistake we ever made in our lives to let this individual become the president of the United States. Well, let's try to wrap up this final session this week of the lies of the administration with three people who are doing their very best to do the jobs that they're assigned to and be loyal to a president and the conversations they have directly with the president when after the discussions they had with the president, and I'm talking about three generals that had an enormous impact on being able to provide the proper guidance and advice on the military perspective of this Afghan failure, debacle, surrender without condition problem that we now have domestically and internationally, the greater dangers that it provides for this country and the lack of trust that our allies have. And I'm talking about General uh, Milley, General Austin, and General McKenzie. And there is a great interchange between Senator Dan Sullivan, Republican of Alaska, in grilling these individuals. And if you listen closely, you'll see how they're trying to protect the President of the United States, whether it's willful protection or whether they feel it's their duty to not expose what the president has said or done and presenting lies to the American people. But I think if you listen to the responses, you will see that they are, in fact, condemning this president for having lied to the American people on numerous issues relative to the Afghan. So let me turn it over and listen. Listen carefully to this interchange between Senator Dan Sullivan of Alaska and the three most important generals relative to the debacle in Afghanistan. Gentlemen, this committee recognizes that your constitutional duty is to follow the lawful orders of the president or resign if you don't agree with his decisions and policies like Secretary Mattis did. But I want to emphasize you do not have a duty, constitutional or otherwise, to cover for the commander-in-chief when he is not telling the truth to the American people. With that, I have a few questions that I'd like you to keep short, concise answers to. On August 18th, in a media interview to the American people, the president said that none of his military advisors told him that he should keep U.S. forces in Afghanistan. General Milley, that was a false statement by the president of the United States, was it not? I'm not going to categorize the statement of the president of the United States. General McKenzie, was that a false statement? The The president said... None of his commanders said that he should keep troops in Afghanistan. Was that a false statement by the president of the United States? Remember, you do not have a duty to cover for the president when he's not telling the truth. Was that a false statement or not? I've given you my opinion on the matter. I've given you my judgment on it. I think we all know it was a false statement. Okay, that's number one. President also said if there's an American citizen left behind in Afghanistan, the military is not is going to stay until we get them out. General Milley, was that statement, did that statement turn out to be true or untrue by the president? I think that was the intent, but the statement was untrue. Let me make another, um, let me ask another question. General Milley, General McKenzie, the 
president around the same time said, quote, al-Qaeda was gone from Afghanistan, told the American people that. Was that true or not true? Was al-Qaeda gone from Afghanistan in mid-August? True or not true? Al-Qaeda is still in Afghanistan. They were there in mid-August. So it wasn't true. General McKenzie, was that true or not? Al-Qaeda was present in Afghanistan. So it wasn't true. Let me me make one final one. The president called this entire retrograde operation an extraordinary success. General Miller, in his testimony, disagreed with that assertion. General Milley, was this Afghanistan retrograde operation an extraordinary success? And I think one of the other senators said it very well. It was a logistical success, but a strategic failure. Here's the problem. I think the whole world knows... This is the cover of the Economist magazine, Biden's debacle. That had stories in it, articles in it called the fiasco in Afghanistan is a huge and unnecessary blow to America's standing. That's one article. Joe Biden blames everybody else. That's another article. China sees America humbled. That's another article. And gentlemen, The problem here, these are not marginal misstatements by the president to the American people. These are dramatic, obvious falsehoods that go to the very heart of the foreign policy fiasco we have all witnessed. These are life and death deceptions that the president of the United States told the American people. Well, there's so much more that I could share with this audience on the lies and deceptions and the defeats that this administration, as Biden administration has put on the American people, the lack of credibility that he has now after so many lies and distortions that are so obvious. How do you lie to somebody straight on with a straight face? It's absolutely amazing to me. So we're going to continue this process of looking at the lies and the problems this administration has created over the next several months. So please, Tune back in to this program, to America's Web Radio, and you'll begin to hear the truth. So join us again next week on Healthcare Insight. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.